Star Wars 7x7 episode 3148. Last week, Disney held its first quarter of fiscal 23 conference call and earnings report. And stuff that was discussed in there relates to the world of Star Wars storytelling. So I thought I'd talk about those couple of things in there and what it actually means for us as Star Wars fans. Punch it. Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the Disney earnings call last week was the first one for Bob Iger since his return as CEO of Disney. And a lot of folks on there were like, hey Bob, happy to have you back. I don't know how much of that was just politeness or <laughs> for the investor perspective, just how excited they are for their own bottom lines to have Bob Iger back in control of things. But yeah. <laughs> That's not really part of what we're here to do. It's kind of part of it. But basically, what we're here to talk about is how Star Wars storytelling is going to be affected by the kinds of things that Bob Iger talked about in that Disney investor call. One of the things that he talked about had to do with cost savings that they want to see at Disney. And that includes multiple billions of dollars in the content spectrum of things. He elaborated and said that Things like general entertainment, they're gonna look at more carefully and curate more carefully. They're not gonna get out of the general entertainment business, but they are gonna look at that more carefully in terms of what they're actually doing because franchise stuff makes them more money, just to put it bluntly. So in that sense, Star Wars, for our purposes here, is going to more or less stay intact because it makes them a lot of money, comparatively speaking, as does Marvel, for example. However, it's going to be a little bit different because he did say that they were going to look at production costs, that everything is much more expensive than it used to be, and now they are reorganizing so that the people responsible for developing content are also going to be responsible for the bottom line of that content cost and how much profit it drives for the company too. And upon hearing that, the first thing I thought about was the Andor series. As opposed to the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett or even the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, Andor relies much more on the traditional movie-making process, on actual physical sets built at Pinewood Studios, on shooting on location. Plus, it was a longer format series, 12 episodes. They had 200 people with speaking roles in season one. And from what we're gathering so far about season two, it doesn't look like it's gonna be any smaller of a production at this point. But this seems like the kind of production that when Disney looks at it in terms of figuring out how to spend less money on their productions, that seems like the kind of production that would be targeted in this sort of thing, especially when you look at the streaming numbers that it generated. So yes, the streaming numbers were not nearly as high as The Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian. That doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't successful, it just means that it probably wasn't nearly as profitable as a series as they'd like. For another thing, and this isn't necessarily bear directly on Star Wars, but I think it has the possibility to, they looked at what their you know top streaming movies on the service were, and a lot of it was legacy content, including things like Frozen, for example, and so they are looking at the potential for extending these franchises through animation that goes directly to Disney+. Plus. It kind of reminds me of how when, you know, movies like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and the Little Mermaid were doing great in theaters, they uh, 
made direct-to-video sequels for these things. It seems kind of like the same idea. And so I wonder whether they would consider the same thing for Star Wars, to look at popular existing storytelling in Star Wars and continue it in an animation situation because they think, well, that's kind of cost-effective and it would draw upon some, you know, pretty popular aspects of the Star Wars storytelling universe and that there may be money to make to be made for them in that area. And the third thing that jumped out at me from the earnings call had to do with his comments, Bob Iger's comments around parks and experiences. So one of the things he talked about was how they're managing capacity at the parks, but noting that when they increase capacity at the parks, it increases profitability for them. And one of the things that he cited was the Star Wars lands, as he put it, so Galaxy's Edge, right? But he also brought up the Pandora experience at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida and the fact that because I guess it was at Animal Kingdom and perhaps Animal Kingdom is not necessarily as popular a destination for people as some of the other Disney parks there, that Putting Pandora there increased the number of people who went to Animal Kingdom. Surprise, surprise. And so now they're considering a Pandora thing for Disneyland out in California with details to come. And the read between the lines thing about that for Star Wars has to do with, number one, the fact that probably the number of people going to Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World, where that particular park is, where Galaxy's Edge is, those numbers went up when the Star Wars land opened there. And now, like, how do you... <laughs> continue that, right? Because Galaxy's Edge is what it is, and we haven't heard about expansion plans for anything like that, but yeah, I was kind of thinking about how the Harry Potter situation at Universal is split across their two parks, and you kind of have to have tickets to both parks in order to get the full experience there. So, if Disney is looking to increase capacity at their existing parks, they may start looking at some of their other parks down in Walt Disney World and say, well, you know, Star Wars Land works in one. Why don't we put a Star Wars Land in another one? Not another Galaxy's Edge, obviously, but some other kind of experience. Or I guess as another option, considering that there is a resistance camp in Galaxy's Edge, maybe you expand the resistance camp and put it off in another place and then expand the world of Batuu and the First Order's influence on it for the existing place. Just options. Then there's also the High Republic, which which is certainly gaining popularity, and I guess we'll see how well it tracks when the Acolyte comes out on Disney Plus next year, or potentially expanding Galaxy's Edge to international Disneyland properties. Eh, all sorts of opportunities there. I think out of all of this, though, the most important thing for us as Star Wars fans is that he did really seem to lean into the idea that they need to produce more content for... Disney Plus in the franchise space with existing IP. So Star Wars seems like a prime candidate for that because it is some of the most valuable stuff, but just the way that they produce it is going to be a little bit different. So I don't think it necessarily means that we're gonna get less Star Wars content, although they kind of implied that there would be less content that they'd be developing overall. I think we'll probably stay on the same kind of pace, but the way that they produce it and all of the stuff that happens around it is going to be a little bit different, the marketing and promotion and that sort of thing. So that's what I've got for you about that Disney investor relations call and earnings report that happened last week. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 
7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.